Danny Jansen swung on, belted to deep left field and gone. An absolute rocket for Jansen, his third hit of the game, and it's 11 to 3. Every day it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Every day it's a getting faster. Everyone said, go ahead. Ask her, love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. The Blue Jays can't complete the sweep in Texas at Globe Life Field, but they do walk away from a great road trip, eight and two after trips to Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and now they're heading home for a very important eight-game stretch against the Rays and the Orioles. Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Doing good. Definitely didn't end off on the greatest note, like you mentioned, as they failed to win today. But, however, you come away with two out of three over Texas, and like you said, a successful eight and two road trip uh, throughout the course of the last couple weeks. Uh, Definitely something that you enjoy for three series on the road, something that the Jays played really well with as they still obviously are fighting for that top spot in the AL wildcard race. Uh, a couple things here and there that didn't go the greatest, but of course there's a lot of positives that we spoke about. And uh, I think you could be happy with an eight and two road trip after, um, after it comes to an end today. So definitely no complaints for me on that part. Yeah. And I mean, it, you're coming into a very, very critical time. You mentioned the next two weeks or the next eight games. I want to even extend that. After So they play five games against the Rays, then whatever it is against, I think, Orioles or whatever team it is. But then after that, it's another like three or four games or whatever against the Rays. So we're now entering a very crazy time, you know, a time where the season could be decided within the next two weeks and or next week, really. But yeah, this road trip, fantastic overall. And even today, I think, I don't usually use this word a lot, but I think you can kind of use this as a throwaway game because... I'm sure we'll get into this, but this umpire, especially the home plate umpire, I swear he closed his eyes the entire game. It was terrible. You still, you barely lose, even though it was clearly not really in your favor. But on still, overall, good road trip. Not really much you can complain about. And now you just you can hope that this series against the Rays, who have a bit of a starting rotation problem, could go a lot better. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't expect the home plate umpire to be terrible because I didn't recognize his name. I don't know if I've ever heard the name Rob Drake before today, but obviously it's a name that we're all going to be familiar with now after his performance. You look at the calls, you look at how it stacks up against other games the Blue Jays have had this year, most recently the Jeff Nelson game with him behind the plate. Um, It's one of the worst umpired games, at least behind the plate, that the Blue Jays have had all season, which is less than ideal, especially when you're looking to sweep a team, but ultimately no excuses. The Blue Jays got calls in their favor as well. And, you know, you can blame the low offense on having a bad umpire, but you got to step up and score. And if you're in the heat of a playoff race, if you're trying to win games, if you're in the playoffs trying to win games, you can't blame it on the umpire. You got to step up and score those runs yourself. But yes, Jacob, you mentioned the next 14 games, 12 of the next 14 games are against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. It's going to be the most important stretch of the Blue Jays season so far. And I think, you know, we don't know what the final week of the season after that would hold, but I think um, it's not going out on a limb to say that these 14 games are going to be the most important 14 games of the Blue Jays season, regardless what happens after that. But of course, we do have a series in Texas to talk about. Um, Let's start with today. I want to talk about the bullpen day because We saw this work really well when the Blue Jays were in Pittsburgh. We saw Trevor Richards slide into the rotation when the Blue Jays were kind of rejigging things ahead of, obviously, the important series against Baltimore. And it worked really well. They turned out a fantastic pitching performance. And today, we kind of saw the opposite of that. Not to say that this was a terrible game from Blue Jays relievers by any means. We still only had the Blue Jays giving up four runs, but... um, it went far worse than it did previously. 
Trevor Richards out after the first inning, having to go someone like David Phelps, rely on Yusei Kikuchi for important outs, and then ultimately burn through some of your higher leverage guys as well. Anthony Bass coming in later in the game in a situation where you would rather not use him when you, you know, you're down three runs in a game that you're probably not going to win. So um, I'm curious what you guys think about what the long-term replacement for Mitch White will be, especially with a doubleheader coming up in this series against Tampa Bay, because there's no clear guy to step into the rotation and replace Mitch White. We've talked about Yusei Kikuchi as a possibility. No one wants to entertain that. We've talked about Casey Lawrence. He wasn't great in his start earlier this year when he was replacing Kevin Gosman when he had that ankle injury. Um, the options aren't great. So do the Blue Jays go to the bullpen day again? Do they try to pick out someone else from the AAA staff that they can go to? Do they just cross their fingers and throw someone like Yusei Kikuchi out there or throw someone like Casey Lawrence out there? What's the long-term solution to this problem? Um, does it involve Mitch White coming back up? Uh, this is a problem the Blue Jays need to solve because, you know, if you're in a playoff race, you don't want to have a bullpen day every once every five days. How do the Blue Jays solve this problem moving forward? Well, they're going to need to solve this problem because you look at ju even just today's game, uh, they went through David Phelps, they went through Anthony Bass, even Zach Pop, even though he's not pitched a ton. But you're burning through more than just your eat-up innings guys, like David Phelps and Anthony Bass. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Bass, I guess, later in the game, it was a different situation. But ideally, you're not using David Phelps in the second inning or, you know, in the first inning, getting into the second inning. So that's definitely something you got to look, look forward to or look forward and figure out how you solve it. Because at this point... You cannot burn through this many relievers knowing that you still have a lot of meaningful games left. And I guess the good thing is, is you said, what do they do long term? And there's not really much of a longer term to this. There's still only like two or three weeks left of the season. So worst case, they do this two or three times, you know, three times max for the rest of the season. I, I wouldn't take that as a huge issue, but... I think ideally you do bring back somebody to be that fifth starter. And I know Mitch White's not necessarily been the greatest, but I don't think that you go through this many relievers in one game. And it, it's worked somewhat. You know, you see Trevor Richards and then Yusei Kikuchi, I think it was in the last one. That's how the opening opener situation went. And it worked pretty well. And even today, like a four to one loss, it was three to one until very, very late in the game. And it was close all game. So it's not as if it didn't necessarily work out completely today. It's just in an ideal world, you're not having this many relievers pitch in a game because now, I mean, I don't know if you can really put David Phelps out after an inning and a third facing, you know, not a ton of batters, but you don't want to put him out tomorrow and then, you know, skip another day or have him miss tomorrow if you need him, even though you do have a good back into your bullpen. Like, I don't think that you want to go out and use these guys in those situations. So for the once a week or once every or twice every 10 days however long they want to do this you gotta I think go back to a proper starter and if it come back comes back to bite you at least you can say that say say they do go with Casey Lawrence and he gets rocked in the first inning you can ride with Yusei Kikuchi if you need him or Trevor Richards if you need him but calling it just a bullpen day might not necessarily be the best option and even today Kikuchi two innings yeah two earned runs but it's you can I, I think if there's anything we've learned is I don't think you can trust Kikuchi for four to five or six innings, but if you need him to throw three innings or maybe four at the absolute worst, somebody gets rocked in the first or second inning. It's not a bad option. So I think that's just what they need to do is realize that, yeah, we're almost at the playoffs anticipating you get in anticipating the rest of your team and specifically the rest of the rotation can carry you into it. You just have a few more games left that you actually need to deal with this and I hate throwing away games. I hate putting people on the field that you that are more than just a coin flip or a little bit less of an odds of you winning of a coin flip. But if for two or three more games you can do that or have to do it, then I wouldn't say that that's necessarily an awful solution. I just I'm worried that what you'll end up seeing is too many relievers get used just in these games in general, and then in the next game, like you're now playing five games in four days against a team that's in the playoff race. I think they're basically this next series or these next two series against the race could make or break your season. You need everybody available. And even Anthony Bass, I mentioned he pitched a lot in this road trip. Jordan Romano pitched a lot this road trip. You need them available in these next types of series and situations. So 
in those odd times, you know, the fourth game or the, you know, the fifth day every whatever, if you just need to get through it with somebody like Casey Lawrence or Yusei Kikuchi for a few innings, I still think that that's a little bit better than going with an opener, just knowing that eventually you could run into some some issues. And the last thing you want to do right before the playoffs is overwork people. Well, the one thing that I guess it, well makes you feel maybe a bit better heading into the series is that the Rays are also kind of entering the series with a depleted bullpen. Uh, for example, today, I believe Ryan Yarbrough was already slated to work, I guess, just a bulk or do bulk innings tomorrow uh, against the Jays, but he had no choice but to go on and pitch today when they're as the Rays are playing the Yankees today, and it's been a blowout, basically, and they had no choice but to throw him out there for five innings. So this is, a, I guess, a situation that both teams are going to be in this series, but in terms of the problem that you're asking, Mark, it's just we had a conversation about this the last episode, and both of us didn't think Mitch White would have been a likely option, but it appears to be that he will be that extra guy uh, coming up with that doubleheader. I believe it was confirmed almost on the telecast by Dan Schulman, and I know a lot of other, other reporters are also saying that it's going to be Mitch White on Tuesday, um, like coming up as the 29th guy. The other thing that we don't know yet, though, is is he going to actually be a starter? Is he going to be a kind of coming out of the bullpen in a bulk role? Or is he just going to be an opener for a little bit? That kind of hasn't been decided yet, but... When you look at the way this bullpen was obviously used today, um, you know it, the opener strategy that worked out in Pittsburgh uh, last week did not work out today. Uh, I guess from what they were hoped, and they basically did the exact same thing when they start, uh, they sent out Trevor Richards to begin the uh, the double or sorry the opener. So it didn't work out today. They had to go to David Phelps much earlier than ex- expected, and of course after that you had to go to Yusei Kikuchi for a couple innings as well. Uh, he only pitched two innings before they handed things off after to believe it was Zach Pop. So. You have to imagine he's going to be available a little bit because perhaps he could have went a little bit longer. But uh, the thing with today is that you basically went through a lot of the guys in your bullpen. And a lot of these guys are guys that you you rely on in heavy, or I should say, uh, high leverage situations. So it's a situation where I like it feels like they're going to have to... It just feels like entering this series as much as they are in a rough spot. And it definitely they could definitely be in a lot better spot heading into this series. And they're going to have to be creative over the course of five games, which is also interesting because of the fact, again, the opener role did not work out. So with Mitch White coming up Tuesday, there's a chance they ask him to go a few innings, more than a couple innings, and maybe actually just kind of pitch a couple times through the order in a best-case scenario. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet. The only thing that we kind of know for that is basically confirmed is that he will be that extra guy coming up on the Tuesday game. So that also leaves the question of, if if it's confirmed that Mitch White is going to be coming up and starting, um, or sorry, just coming up as that extra guy, you know, what are the starters going to look like in that series? Because, of course, uh, Jose Brios is slated to go tomorrow night for sure, I believe. And then after that, it's kind of a question mark in terms of that you don't have a lot of guys listed. Uh, I believe on Wednesday in Game 3, Ross Stripling is scheduled to start. And then I think Thursday is Kevin Gosman. So you ha- I'm sure you'll be fitting in Alec Manoa at some point in that doubleheader as well. Uh, but the main question mark is going to be the other game where if it's when it's not Alec Manoa, then who's going to be the guy starting? And of course, and just not even just starting, it's just going to be if it's an opener or if it's a bullpen day again, like how is this going to be properly managed? And how is this going to kind of work out in your favor? Because the fact is that you have a doubleheader in the middle of this five-game series, which makes things a little bit complicated or a little bit more complex rather than usual. And then just the fact of that and the fact that the Rays have a similar bullpen as well. Um, And also outside of Mitch White, we've talked about this, and this was the same conversation that Mark and I had in the last episode, is that other than a guy like Mitch White who will be coming back up, there really isn't anybody else that can start out of the bullpen or at least out of the you know, the starting rotation, I guess, if you really want to look at it. Um, I think Taylor Saucedo is a guy that's kind of been rehabbing who who may be an extra guy that comes up at some point. We don't know. Uh, there's always guys, I believe, like Trent Thornton, who are in the minors as well. And there's always Casey Lawrence, like you spoke about as well, Jacob. So there's some names, not a lot of names, not a lot of attractive names, uh, with all due respect to them. And the fact is that Mitch White's going to be coming back up. That kind of takes away the whole speculation of who's going to be that extra guy. We know who's going to be the extra guy. But again, the question's going to be, 
Is he going to start? Is he going to be a bulk guy? Is he going to come out of the bullpen? We really don't know how they're going to handle this one. And I think as well, you kind of have to wait until how Monday goes before you figure out uh, pretty much how that doubleheader is going to go. Because the one thing that they did this weekend and last weekend in Pittsburgh is that they didn't announce Trevor Richards as a starter until the game or the game ended the night before because you had to wait to see how things were going to transpire. So that's another question because you still, you know, you can have multiple plans in place. You just don't know exactly what you're going to do because of the fact that Monday is still an unknown. Even though you have Jose Barrios going, you have no idea what's going to happen in terms of who who's going to pitch, how long Brios is going to go. The only thing you can really assume is the best case scenarios and hopefully things that you can avoid, uh, such as a short outing. So that's kind of where things stand with that. But it is an issue right now because of the fact that you're running into a doubleheader and you're at the stretch point in the season here where you're playing a lot of AL East opponents. And it's kind of not an ideal situation to be in as well because of that. But when it comes down to it, uh, because of the doubleheader, because of the extra guy, the only really other option for a bulk role other than uh, a Casey Lawrence or, again, maybe a Trent Thornton is Mitch White. And none of those guys have been attractive names. We talked about it as much as we thought that Mitch White could have been a much better starter than, I guess, anticipated at the beginning. The results haven't shown. Perhaps he's still something that could pay out in the long run. You just need results right now. And the fact that is that Mitch White might get an, or most likely will get another opportunity on Wednesday or sorry, on Tuesday. And um, at this point you got to hope for the best, but the, unfortunately you really don't know what you're going to get out of him because of how poorly uh, he's pitched uh, in a Blue Jays uniform, especially that last outing in Baltimore. Yeah. Just taking a look through the guys in AAA who could potentially be a replacement at the major league level. There are a lot of guys who are stretched out for two innings, you know, kind of the names that we've been bringing up, the Trent Thornton type guys, um, you know, all those types of guys who are in the conversation to be long men in the majors, but aren't totally, uh, you know, past that point. Anthony Kay is another one that comes to mind just like through the roster. And then, of course, you mentioned Taylor Saucedo, who is currently rehabbing in the minors in AAA right now. But in terms of guys who are legitimately stretched out, stretched out to the point where they can go three-plus innings, uh, as far as I can tell, the only two guys on the roster right now that can do that are Casey Lawrence and Thomas Hatch. Of course, we've been talking about Lawrence, and we rag on him for the appearances that he made earlier this year, just looking back on his stats, five games in the majors this year an 8.04 era 1.47 whip but to be fair to him he hasn't pitched in the majors for a while he's had a couple months at the very least to work on stuff and in the minors he's been very solid he's been what looks to be the most solid pitcher at the AAA level for the Blue Jays he has a 2.72 era in 21 starts it's a phenomenal 0.89 Whip. So what I'm saying is maybe it's time to give him another chance at the major league level, given the time that the Blue Jays have spent in the minors with him since he's been up at the majors and how good he's been at the minor league level. He's been the best stretched out guy at the minor league level for quite some time now. Um, The other guy who's stretched out right now is Thomas Hatch and his numbers are not great. He made one start this year and was frankly terrible, went 4.2 innings has a whip of three and an ERA of 19.29, so just a terrible outing for Hatch. And you look at his minor league numbers, 22 starts, 23 appearances, 4.88 ERA, 1.31 whip. So just judging by those numbers, that's not an ideal option that the Blue Jays would want to go to. So to me, if they're looking for a guy to legitimately start, a guy who's stretched out, who can go more than two innings, the only option is Casey Lawrence. And To be honest, I'm okay if they want to try Casey Lawrence out another time. I know, you know, they added him as the extra man in September um, when rosters expanded by two. And then, you know, he got reassigned to the minors and now he's back in Buffalo. But I think he's a legitimate option that the Blue Jays could turn to. Um, Is it ideal? No. Should the Blue Jays be rolling someone like Casey Lawrence out once every five days? Certainly not. But right now, the situation where the Blue Jays are in where They are going to need essentially over the next five days at least two more starters because of or two more people to start games because of the doubleheader and because of Mitch White's spot in the rotation missing. I think Lawrence might be the best option that the Blue Jays have at this point. Um, Just based on the fact that there's really no one else who's stretched out in Buffalo and Thomas Hatch, the only other guy who's stretched out, has not been great this season in the majors or the minors. So sticky situation for the Blue Jays. 
regardless. Um, Mitch White is the other guy, certainly at the minor league level, who's stretched out and could come up. And maybe that's the best option the Blue Jays have, but they certainly don't have a lot of good options at the AAA level or in the majors in terms of the bullpen that they can turn to who will be able to provide them solid innings at the start of a game. And to be honest, as good as the Blue Jays have been, and you know we talked about this a little bit, as great as that road trip was, because it was phenomenal. It couldn't have gone better from the Blue Jays' perspective to go 8-2 and two against, yeah, some not-so-great teams, but also to take 3-4 of four from Baltimore and grow your postseason odds to, you know, I haven't looked at what it is after this game, but heading into today, it was about 98%, depending on where you looked. Um, it's an incredibly successful road trip, but I am a little bit worried about the rotation moving forward. And of course, it looks like the Blue Jays will make the playoffs, but um, if you look at what they're now turning their eyes towards in terms of potentially the AL East race, and then of course the first wild card spot, which they're in heavy contention for with the Rays and with the Mariners right now, the Mariners look like they're going to win today as we record this. Um, the Blue Jays need a solid rotation to be able to achieve those goals that they now have. And to be missing a guy in the rotation, not to mention to have that double header that's going to cost you a little bit. It's not an ideal situation to be in, but I think Casey Lawrence is probably the best option the Blue Jays have at this point, um, just considering everything that's going on. Well, here's the thing. I was just quickly looking at it. The remaining bit of the schedule, if we thought it was hard to get wins on this road trip, or you know, at, at times we're talking about Blue Jays need to get a win here because you know things eventually wind down. They have all but two games against the American League East the rest of the season. Like it's two games against the Phillies, then it's well the rest of the AL East. You got the Rays as we mentioned for a lot, then you got the Orioles, Yankees, Red Sox, and then they finish in Baltimore. It's this isn't really a situation where you can afford to not have guys that are going to give you quality innings because not only are these games going to separate you from the division just in terms of if you win, you're going to go up, but you lose, that's an extra game that you're now separated by. Like one, it's not like, say you play today and the, or like the Yankees lose today, then it's whatever. Like the Blue Jays, Yankees, you know, pretty much the entire division, you're only playing against each other. So you need to win. And I think at this point, I mean, I guess the Red Sox, they kind of are not, not great anymore, but um, rest of the AL East is good. And it's not a situation where you can afford to not have guys that are at their best. And that's why I think one more thing, you know, we also do need to mention is this problem could be a lot worse if Ross Stripling wasn't as good as he's been all season. And I'm sure we'll get into this later in the year, but he is a guy, he's probably their MVP right now, I think. And he's the unsung hero, if you want to call him, because right now you have Barrios, who's you know been a bit of a train wreck or uh, not a train wreck. I meant to say roller coaster. He's been up and down. You have Manoa, you have Gosman, who have been good all season long. But other than that, it's like, oh, geez, who else has been great for them except for Ross Stripling? And you're, uh, this series, the four of them, uh, the the four of the four key guys in the rotation are going to pitch in this next series. You have one more game to make up with the doubleheader. We've talked about this, but they're, this is, I think, even why when we're talking about what should they do with that fifth spot, you cannot go with a bullpen day every fifth day against the Yankees who, yeah, they've been collapsing the last couple months or, you know, whatever you want to call it. They're still a good team. They're they're still a pretty stacked team. Same thing with the Orioles who have been surprisingly good and the Rays, despite all the injuries, still, I I can't remember what the exact number is, but the team ERA is in like the three forties. Like this is a good team. Second best team ERA mm -hmm. in the American league right now. Yeah. So they're very, very good. Like this team, I still think the Blue Jays can go toe to toe with any of them. But that being said, and as we saw last season, one game could be that difference maker between getting in or not making it. Or even now, one game could be the difference between three games in an opposing stadium or three games in your stadium, something like that. So long story short, I think, you know, we, we've all covered it. I think that it's it's clear that they need to have somebody in that rotation. Worst case, you go with somebody like Mitch White and Yusei Kikuchi, split that game down the middle or to, to some extent like that. But I, I mean, maybe that's worse than a bullpen day, actually, as I see your reaction, Bryson. But I don't know. I basically do not go with a bullpen day. You need to have this problem solved. And if you go with somebody like Casey Lawrence, you go with somebody if you need to, like Mitch White again. I still think that's a better option. 
for you. And then hopefully the offense can take over because we're talking here as if the offense is going to score zero runs every time Mitch White or whoever takes them out. Like, I still think they're a good team, but going into this last stretch, it's even more amplified how important you just, you need to, even obviously you're not going to win every game, but you need to win the rest of the series or most of the series that you're playing if you want to have any shot at this just ridiculously tight playoff race. Yeah, it's not that jiggle, but just that it's just all the, you know, just I guess how it's not confusing. It's just all the different scenarios that you could possibly go over. But at the same time, there's not a lot of options. So that's kind of what makes it a little bit of a letdown. And it's nothing about you were saying. It's just, unfortunately, the options that they have. And yeah, it's just like when you think about it, you're the midway through September. You probably need to go through this about one two uh one two three uh, three four you got to go through this about under the four or five times i believe through the rotation but of course the one good thing is is that there's two more off days left in the year so you have to imagine that they're going to work with that as well and probably take advantage of that when they have the opportunity to do to do that so perhaps you can limit those bullpen type scenarios as much as you can you were talking about ross stripling of course being you know the unsung hero of this rotation which i completely agree with and the other thing too is now with Jose Brios pitching a lot better the second half, you feel a lot better, of course, of your four guys in general. And at this point, you're just trying to get through the rest of the regular season with those four guys. And then on that fifth day, you're going to have to survive with some sort of, you know, like we've been talking about, the different options that re- uh, remain. So, you know, Mitch White's going to probably have an audition on uh, that Tuesday game. And if things go well, perhaps you keep him in a modified bulk role if things don't go well or if the maybe the Jays just want to explore other options there's your option as well there Mark with Casey Lawrence and they don't even need to start the game perhaps you do an opener and perhaps it's some sort of bulk role where you pitch long enough so your bullpen doesn't get completely burnt out in the best case scenario that might be something that they're also looking at too for the rest of the way so it's a big start or a big day for Mitch White no matter how he appears in or you know no matter how he comes into the game or what game it is on Tuesday he better pitch well because you know his I guess his future being on this roster for the rest of the way might depend on that and the fact is that doubleheader kind of saved him from you know probably spending more time in the minors because of course there's that 15-day window that you got to be down there at minimum so you bypass that on a doubleheader you get a chance to pitch well again because of course that last outing in Baltimore was a complete disaster after two good innings of work it kind of just it's kind of weird for somebody to dominate for two innings and then all of a sudden can't get an out it's just it's really bizarre of how that kind of all takes form or transpires so he's gonna have an uh, an opportunity for that and of course there's other options you know there's Casey Lawrence like you guys were talking about there's the Thomas Hatch thing and somebody that we're going to be talking about later on but of course I don't think it's going to be in a bulk role because of the amount of setbacks he's had this year it's just another option I guess out of short relief in the bullpen uh, is somebody like Nate Pearson. So we'll see what happens with that as he's currently in AAA Buffalo and minimal options going forward. But of course there's definitely some decisions that are going to have to be made, especially after that double header. It's going to be a big day for Mitch White on Tuesday. I'm excited to see Nate Pearson, assuming he does make it to the major league level at some point down the line over the next two weeks, because I mean, look, every time you're out on him, he draws you back in with some ridiculously fast fastball or some, phenomenal one or two inning stretch so right now he's pitching well in AAA we obviously haven't seen him at the major league level for quite some time but I I would love to see him get some action down the line and hopefully it's not high leverage situations hopefully the Blue Jays can ease him into it a little bit but I'm excited to see him and yeah you talk about the bullpen day like ultimately this isn't a huge problem it's judging by the schedule left it looks like you're gonna have to turn to four starts outside of your solid four starting rotation um that's the tampa bay doubleheader and then the way the off days line up you get two off days so you can skip that spot in the rotation the fifth spot in the rotation that you don't have anyone to fill right now you can skip it a couple times so it looks like it's going to work out to about four starts or four outings four games where you don't have a, a specific starter for so that's not the end of the world um but of course every game matters at this point like you were saying jacob um, okay, let's stop talking about some of the depressing stuff because bottom line, this was not just a good series, but a phenomenal road trip. I want to talk a little bit about how much things have changed from when we started this road trip 10, 11 days ago to now because it has been quite the turn of fortunes for the Blue Jays. And that's not to say they were playing poorly before the road trip started, but we knew this road trip was going to be very important for the fate of their season. And as much as we talk about the next 14 games meaning a lot for the Blue Jays, 
the past 10 games meant a lot for the Blue Jays, specifically those four games in Baltimore. And you go back to before this road trip started, I think the Jays were two and a half up on Baltimore. It may have been one and a half. I see Bryson, you're pulling up the standings now, so we'll get an answer at some point. Bottom line, the Blue Jays were close with Baltimore, and it is, I think, good and beneficial for us as fans to recognize how the Blue Jays have built up their lead in the wild card race and put themselves in a position where they can succeed. Bryson, do you have the stat for us? On September 1st, which was, of course, uh, when they pretty much left for Pittsburgh, they were in a playoff spot over Baltimore, you're correct, by one and a half games. And okay. then they were two games back of both Tampa and Seattle. Okay. So you look at how much the situation has changed now. They have improved to being, you know, I guess it depends totally how things shake out today, but it was five and a half games or was five games. I think at one point today, I think the Orioles ended up losing. They lost. Yes. Again, yeah. So the, the Blue Jays have a five and a half game lead over Baltimore. And obviously, as you can tell by the past 30 seconds is a very fluid <laughs> situation. So a lot of moving parts with a lot of different teams and the Mariners game is still going on. So we don't know how that's going to shake out currently the Blue Jays tied in the standings with the Mariners. But point being, you reflect on where the Blue Jays were 10 games ago and where they are now at the end of this road trip. I don't want us to get bogged down in the rotation struggles and loss today and that sort of stuff because reflecting on this 10-game road trip, it went about as well as the Blue Jays could have hoped. And I just want to recognize that the Blue Jays are in a very situa different situation today than they were 10 days ago and that is pretty much solely because of how good they've been playing. I just want to recognize that because I think sometimes as fans, we can get caught up in how the day-to-day, the, -day, the in and out of a team and the, the little nitpicky things. But bottom line, the Blue Jays have put themselves in a situation where they are, knock on wood, almost guaranteed to make the playoffs at this point and turning their eyes towards, as we've spoke about, guys or, or teams at the top of the wildcard race and teams even at the top of the AL East that they are now focused on instead of being focused on Baltimore. Baltimore is largely in the rearview mirror. So I just want to recognize that and don't get bogged down in all the negative stuff um, as much as it is fun to talk about sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you look at this. Like in the last 10 games, obviously we've seen it, 8-2. and two. Seattle Mariners, 7-3. and three. Obviously the game still needs to happen. Same thing with the race, 7-3. and three. You look at the Yankees, 6-4. and four. So they're gaining games on everybody, well, almost everybody. Looks like they won't gain, gain as much against the Mariners. but And even the the Orioles, 4-6 and six over their last 10. So they're gaining games. And at the end of the day, even if you, you know, you're most likely going to make a playoff spot or get into the playoffs, but that's all it is. You're not going to make up four games or two or three games you know, every night. It's just you need to consistently play well and... At this point, they are doing it, and it, you know, I remember saying, whenever it was, right before the road trip started, I was like, yeah, things need to kind of go a lot better, and, you know, the next time we see them at home, September 12th, it'll be very interesting to see how the team is, is shaking up, because, you know, obviously, they did take that series from the Cubs, it wasn't the greatest series, it was a split, a split against the Angels, and then, okay, so yes, yeah, sweep against the Red Sox, they were playing okay, not playing great, but... They were swept by the Angels. You know what? I was looking at one of the series from the Cubs or one of the games from the Cubs. No, Anyways, too, you're on vacation. You got it passed. No, no, no. I was <laughs> I was looking at the Coles notes of the schedule. Anyways, okay. So they got swept by the Angels, swept the Red Sox, won a series against the Cubs. So it, it was an up and down type of uh, of like last week or last two weeks before the road trip. They go, go out facing some bad teams and the Rangers and the Pirates. They take those series, take a series against the, the Baltimore Orioles. So it's been overall a fantastic road trip. And even... Who started the game? I think it was Mitch White starting that one loss in Baltimore. So when you see Alec Manoa come back in the next game, throw like eight scoreless or whatever he threw. I think it was, um, just to make sure here. Yeah, eight. Okay, so eight innings, only one earned run. So it was a fantastic outing out of him. He turns things around. And the same thing again. Like, yeah, it could have gotten better this series against the Rangers, four to three and then 11 to seven. I mean, ideally, you're not giving up seven runs to a bottom of the barrel team, but. You're getting those wins. The way I look at it, get the wins, figure the rest out for tomorrow after the game. And that's what they're doing. And now, you know, you're at that point where, like I said earlier, other than the Phillies, it's only your division. So it's, you know, pedal to the metal at this point. You need to take as many wins as you can. And You're not going to win every game, but 
you got to win at least three out of five out of in this series against the Rays. You got to pretty much sweep the Orioles or at least win two out of three. And that's kind of the motto and, and the mentality for the rest of the season is just win every series. Do not get swept, first of all. If you lose a series, have it be two out of three, losing two out of three or worst case, three out of four. But you need to win every series if you not only want to keep pace with these teams, but, or, I mean, you'll, you'll obviously separate yourselves from the team that you're beating, but the rest of the teams, but then you're even looking at gaining games on other teams because it's hard to say that you can bet on everyone else losing. So you got to keep pace and hopefully make up those extra games and maybe host three wildcard games or maybe win that AL East. That could definitely be something we see at the end of this. And I think even Teoscar Hernandez said, so he was obviously out with the uh, paternity leave. He had his child. And in his absence, he said that he's happy now to be back and get that ALE's crown. So I wouldn't be surprised if this team really takes things by storm. You know, you're now hosting quite a few games. The Orioles, Rays, I mean, you know, we mentioned who they're playing, but a lot of these games are at home and it's going to be a, a very, very good last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, it, it was it was a good weekend for sure, and it was a good way to end off the road trip. Um, like you said, Teoscar Hernandez, of course, came back, and of course, just over the course of the last three games to end the road trip off, I think... You know, the the way it's kind of funny how I guess this road trip started and then how it kind of slowly progressed as we got even more comfortable with this team. You head into Pittsburgh, and of course, there were some really close games that the Jays won in Pittsburgh. It wasn't exactly domination from them in that series. And then you head into the Baltimore series where you're kind of cautiously optimistic but of course at the time like I mentioned uh to you Mark when you were going over it earlier on September 1st the the Orioles were only a game and a half back so things were far from over they were very much in reach of course and there was one point where the Orioles were closer to the Jays and the Jays were closer to the Mariners and the Rays and then of course you take care of them in that uh on that road trip of course and that or in that series and then you head into Texas feeling a little bit better of course and you feel good overall as this uh, weekend comes to a close as well so there was lots of highlights from that but in this series in particular I mean Bo Bichette is a guy that we were kind of spoke about Mark a little bit we just didn't have enough time because of all the stuff and that's crazy to say from the last episode but I mean you talk about just the amount of runs the amount of RBIs everything that he put up I'm sure everyone is aware of the numbers over I guess just from the all-star break and on about you know just going off in terms of his OPS and pretty much everything else like that and I was thinking about this when you were even talking about it Mark when you kind of threw it in as the honorable mention of course the WRC plus is as well at 126 which is insane and this kind of goes to what I'm about to say is that when you were talking about that when you look at his numbers now and you still feel the same way three days later it's just when you look at these numbers like it's hard to see as much as we did see in terms of the mediocrity that he had this year until pretty much September, the up and down sw- uh, swings that he had. When you look at it now, the numbers don't show that in terms of the the ups and downs he went through because of how good he's been. You look at these numbers now and you're you're satisfied with it. These are solid numbers. I just talked about his WRC plus, his war is at three and a half, or sorry, over three and a half based off fan graphs. And just his average is up. Everything is up. His OPS uh, over the last, I think, four, 14 days is well over 1300 like all these numbers have pretty much not even balanced out his numbers they've exceeded his numbers beforehand and it's hard to even recognize the the bad slumps of the season that he did have previously when if you just looked at his stats which is insane because of course there was some really low moments with him and it was literally only a couple weeks ago as well where he was still going through these uh struggles it was basically kind of you know, at the beginning of the road trip, but of course, after the All-Star break, he slowly, I think, was getting there in terms of on his way, but he really showed it, of course, throughout this road trip. So you have that, and he was basically responsible again on the Friday game with his home run, and of course, he had his first triple of the season. Uh, Vladdy, Chapman, and of course, Danny Jansen as well had a couple big hits in that game, and it was uh, Ross Tripley starting in his home state, uh, which was cool, and of course, I'm sure you saw the thing where they had the, or I guess before the game, uh, basically in the Rangers, or close to the Rangers clubhouse or just in the the walkway down uh, below the, the the dugout they have a made in Texas thing and of course Ross Stripling basically didn't start his first 15 months or something in that it was in Pennsylvania when he was first born so he was able to uh kind of add his name there on his own with his own name tag which was pretty funny and of course uh that was definitely probably a start that he really wanted to do well and with all of his family and friends there and then you go into game two I mean 11 runs in the first four innings uh especially overall in the first inning when you I think it was four runs that they put up like that's been a, a thing this season with this team is that they don't score a lot in the first inning that's something that this team just hasn't really done and I guess it's not 
you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a horrible thing, but it's definitely something that you'd like to do better of is getting out to the, the leads early before pitchers settle in. And it really puts yourself in a better position. And look at it now. You had a rare kind of off start from Kevin Gosman where he allowed five earned runs. And all of a sudden, you had over 11 runs on the board where it didn't really matter. You were really fine with, I guess, because of the damage that he allowed the amount of runs that you put up, of course, put you in a good spot even the rest of the way. So you had that. And Rymel Tapia, I guess a shout-out to him for that monster home run that he had. And even Danny Jansen was responsible for a home run as well uh, on the Saturday game. And, of course, today you don't really – you know, you look at today kind of a, a day where they just kind of struggled in general, uh, you know, with runners on. Um, and basically, again, with the bulk thing that we talked about at the beginning, it just didn't work out today. But, of course – it was a good series. It was a good road trip. Lots of highs and a few lows. You know, I think we'd like to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play a lot better. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, hopefully, and especially with Bo Bichette playing now, if Vladdy can also get on fire now, like this lineup really looks really good from top to bottom. So that's the one thing I think we're hoping for there. And I guess the rest of the things is just to kind of, you know, keep up with what you're doing, keep up the pace, and of course, continue to be locked in uh, throughout the rest of the month as you head into the postseason. Okay, as we wrap up this podcast, two questions for you guys. Obviously, the standard series prediction question. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, these we've been talking about the next 14 games a lot. They are going to be very important, 12 of those 14 against the Rays and the Orioles. At the end of this 14-game stretch, what position do you think the Blue Jays will be in? I think there's a couple different options here. The number one option is the Blue Jays are in first place in the AL East, which I think is a little bit out there, but it's an option that you could choose in this scenario. The second option is first place in the wild card ahead of the Rays and the Mariners. The second option or the third option is obviously second place um, in between, you know, some sort of combination of the Rays and the Mariners and who knows, maybe even Baltimore gets in there. And then of course is the scenario where the Blue Jays aren't in a playoff spot at all. So out of those scenarios, out of those possibilities, where do you see the Blue Jays at the end of this all-important 14-game stretch? Where will they be come, what day is it? September 31st, looks like, is when the end of that series against Tampa Bay is, that four-game set on the weekend that ends the month off? When they're in Tampa? Yeah. It's September 22nd to 25th. Okay, never mind. So it's September 25th. We record after that game against Tampa Bay and Tropicana Field. Where are the Blue Jays at that point? So here's the thing. Um, As much as I think the Blue Jays can take this series against the Rays, and I think subsequently they'll do well in the wildcard race, possibly be first there, I don't think that they can take first in the AL East just yet. And I could be wrong. 14 days is, you know, it's quite a long time. You could easily gain a few games out of that. But I think the Yankees here, obviously they just beat the uh, beat the Rays 10-4. to 4. Two days in a row, actually, they, they just obliterated their pitching staff. But you look here, they got games against the Red Sox, who, okay, not a great team. Then they get the Brewers, Pirates, Red Sox, and then the Blue Jays going into that. So, like, that covers where we're going to be talking. I'm not saying the Yankees are going to, lose a lot of those games or win a lot of those games, but I don't think that they're going to gain as many games or the Blue Jays will gain as many games as they think they would just because they're going to most likely keep pace with, if not just barely edge out the Yankees. So first place in the wild card, I wouldn't be surprised. And and that's a genuine uh, prediction here. I would not be surprised if they are first in that wild card race, because you got to think of it. Mariners, they're not obviously not playing, but you have the chance to completely just dismantle the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, if you beat them, you are separating yourself even more. And I think that that could give them what they need just to take over first place. And I'm not saying that they're going to stay there. I'd love them to stay there for the rest of the season. But given the fact that there's just so many games against the Rays throughout these next 14 days, I would not be surprised if first place is is, uh, in the Blue Jays' hands. And if not, I think regardless of that, whoever wins these next two series or whoever wins the five game series, I think will be the team that makes the playoffs at least first place in the wild card. I think at that point they'll be the team. Like eventually you're at that point now where the season's winding down, whichever team ends up winning the series, even if it means absolutely nothing in terms of foreshadowing, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the team that is separated just enough to make those playoffs in the last, uh, or once the season rolls down. 
Yeah, that w- you confuse me there, Jacob, because I think, though, honestly, those three teams now will get in. I think those are your three wildcard teams. On that, the order, of course, is to be determined, but, Mark, I think I'm more believing what you kind of said our, our last episode where you thought, you know, the Orioles were basically on the verge of being done. You know, you go through another weekend where, as well, the Red Sox definitely helped you out. Uh, they took care of the Orioles a few times. Or we said it today, about five and a half out. And they basically, you know, their schedule going forward, too, it's kind of up and down. Uh, you got a couple games with the Nationals. Of course, there's a series with the Jays, uh, the Tigers in this two-week span. But, of course, to end off that two weeks, they're playing Houston. So they're not exactly, you know, it's not the easiest schedule. And it's definitely, you know, if they just kind of stay where they are, they're going to run out of time based off the ground that the Jays made up on them over the course of uh, the road trip. And, of course, the Mariners, I think, are going to be fine in terms of that two weeks as well. I mean, they have the Padres for two days after today, but then after that, it's pretty much cruise control when they're playing their division with the Angels, the A's, and, of course, they're playing the Royals as well. So the rest of the season, their matchups seem a little bit more favorable than what the Jays have, and that's why this is obviously important with this five-game series about you know just passing them and making up ground for that the potential of that first wild card spot. And of course, the best case scenario is that AL East. So we'll see what happens with that because, you know, the Yankees are obviously, we know how bad they've been in the second half, but um, they still, you know, they still are up a few amount of games. But of course, the amount of games that they've lost, though, is insane in terms of that, that now the AL East is definitely not out of the question. But I think us, we're just more focused on the AL wildcard, despite the team. You were talking about it with Teos Hernandez and Jacob. Despite the team looking for the AL East, uh, at this point, we're just looking at, at terms of you know them getting in. We've kind of this, we've spoken about that before. So, where you see them in two weeks, I think, I think the distance that they have from Baltimore, if all goes according to plan and if all goes how they've been playing, the distance should be still you know that five and a half or more you know if if you don't play well of course then the Orioles are going to get back in this thing but if they continue to play well like they have been there's no reason to believe that the Orioles are going to be kind of where they are right now or potentially worse uh, in terms of where they sit in pretty much with the wild card I think that's fair to assume everything's got to go according to plan again one last time but of course with the Rays you have two series with them left. You have a lot. We, we know the opportunity they have this week. Mark, you talked about it in terms of that two-week span. You were talking about the end of that two-week window is going to be a series in Tampa Bay. So you have two times or two more times with them, and it's going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's hard for me to determine, you know, clear-cut domination from one side um, in terms of like I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of like sweeping somebody. I, I don't know, but I just feel like they're going to be really good games. They're going to be close matchups. So it's going to be really good games. And you know, the best case scenario is that the Jays pull ahead of them uh, in this five-game series. And of course, you can't really control your fate with the Mariners, other than you know relying on help from other teams. They're going to be around as well in terms of pretty much sitting at first, second, or third, obviously. So you can't really look at that in terms of the Mariners as much as you're expecting them to stay in this. And of course, they have no reason not to. It's the fact that you have the opportunity to bypass the Rays, and it might be the deciding factor of hosting that AL, AL wild card series. So that's going to be really important. But where I see this in two weeks is the Baltimore where they are right now or worse and pretty much you know these three teams as well continuing to battle for that home field advantage and of course just the seating in general yeah I'm right there with you I think it's really hard to say anything about the Mariners right now because they are so hot and just as we record this they just wrapped up their game a win over the Atlanta Braves and when you talk about a team winning over Atlanta which just rattled off a seven game winning streak and it is battling for first place in the NL East. Like that just in a nutshell shows you how hot Seattle is right now. So you can't rule them out. I don't know where the Blue Jays will be in relation to them, but just based on how the Blue Jays are playing right now, I'm optimistic that they'll be able to gain some ground and, you know, maybe not put the the Rays in the rearview mirror, but take a step forward and get past them by at least one or two games when all is said and done out of this stretch. And we talk about those 14 games. Nine of those 14 games are against the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's going to be the big test for the Blue Jays. And I do think that at the end of this, the Blue Jays will be ahead of Tampa Bay by a semi-significant amount, whether it's a game, whether it's a game and a half, whether it's two games over the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm optimistic about that. But Seattle, all bets are off based on how they're playing right now. And the Jays don't have any head-to-head games, so it might be hard to gain ground on them. And Bottom line, you know, if you're playing a three-game playoff series at Safeco Field, or I guess T-Mobile Field as it's called now with the 
I, I mean, obviously Seattle is going to pack the park, but there's going to be a fair number of Blue Jay fans there in that scenario. So not the worst case, but obviously you'd prefer to be at, for it to be at home. Uh, okay, so five games against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays depleted pitching staff. The Blue Jays going to be relying on someone who it's <laughs> going to be. We have no idea, but they're relying on someone for that doubleheader. Uh, what are your predictions for that series? I've said this like casually throughout the episode, but I think three of five is the most likely scenario here. I would love four to five or a sweep. I, you know, I would love a sweep. I don't think it's going to happen. Sweeping a five game no. series. Could you <laughs> imagine? Oh man. I'd plan the parade the right Blue there. Jays go from being essentially tied with the race to being five games up. Mm. That's huge. I mean, it's not out of the question. I think but, it's out of the question. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to happen. Pretty much like I said, that's question. tough. I think three out of five is the most likely scenario. You're going to see almost everyone in your rotation. Actually, you will see everyone in your rotation because you only have four guys right now. We'll see who covers <laughs> up that last game. We'll see what they do at the end of the rotation. But regardless, Blue Jays are hot right now. Rays are not as hot right now. I think three out of five is, uh, given the scenario with the doubleheader and everything, three out of five is what I would predict. Well, I mean, the Rays definitely are on a decent stretch still. I mean, over the course of the last 10 days. It's going to be tough. Um Five games, I mean, we had the similar situation at the end of June uh, where it was five games when they had that, I guess, just Canada Day weekend. So, you know, we went over it then. Five games is something that you don't see a lot, and it's very hard to sweep. Um, I want to say that we all or most of us predicted three out of five then, and I think it is the safe bet. I think I'll, I'll do it with you as well, Jacob. I mean, you said it. You have your rotation going. However, you have a doubleheader, which is always twice or tough to win twice in one day. And then the fact that it's just five games in general and the Rays are still a really good team. You know, I think it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be back and forth. And um, I think three out of five is definitely something that I think is. And if he, and if it even happens, I think it's something that we'd be fine with as well. I mean, it's definitely successful. You didn't lose the series and you won the series. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, I think three out of five is definitely a good prediction uh, for this upcoming week. I'll go four or five just Ooh, because of how like the it. Rays pitching stacks up based on how they performed in New York and how much their bullpen is exhausted and they've had to rejig things. It's no longer Ryan Yarbrough going tomorrow. We don't know who's starting at this point. So I think just based on that fact alone, the Blue Jays enter this series with a little bit of a leg up. And even if Seattle, or excuse me, not Seattle, Tampa Bay has time to recover Tomorrow, then you have the double header. So, I don't know. I, I think there's a possibility that uh, things shake the Blue Jays' way and that they do take four or five. So, I'll um, predict that. And I think I spoke too early. The Mariners game is not actually done. The Braves just hit a home run. And the score, as we discussed this, is 7-6 to six Atlanta. What? So, it's going to the bottom of the ninth. Well, not quite yet. The, the Braves still win, but... Uh, things just got a little bit interesting. The Braves wow. making a five-run comeback here in the ninth inning. Uh, we'll be watching that game closely, and of course, by the time you listen to this, you'll know the result. But as always, we'll wrap it up there. You can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section138pod. You can find us on social media at section138pod. You can give us a rating and review. You can follow us on YouTube as well just to stay up to date with every video we are putting up. We're going to end this podcast and watch the rest of the Mariners-Braves game. Until next time, after this incredible, intense five-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays, we'll catch you next time. Every day seems a little longer. Every way love's a little stronger. Come what may, do you ever long for true love from me? Getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Love like yours will surely come my way.